This is Flipping the Script Podcast, the soon-to-be number one leadership podcast for purpose-driven leaders and great guest experts who give us a unique insight into what leadership looks like behind the scenes. I'm Shalia Stafford, your host, and I'm committed to helping you lead your challenges using leadership strategies to gain new perspectives, fuel your growth, and transform the way you execute on your success. Welcome back, everyone. It's Shalia here. I am still recovering from COVID, so bear with me as I get through the raspiness of this voice, and hopefully it lands okay in your ears, in your car, wherever you find yourself listening with us today. Okay, so the conversation today is about emotion and the stories we tell. Look, y'all, I wish that I could sit here today and tell you that as a leadership translator, meaning creating a more human experience around the jargon and confusion around the leadership industry and making it more relatable for you. I wish that I could sit here and say that there is a need for understanding our emotions to help us become better quote unquote leaders in the workplace so that we can be better communicators so that you can get a raise so that you can do all the things that you need to to reach the surface level of your success. That is not how I came into it. That is what I I do know of it today. I know the power of emotional awareness and how it builds into our self-awareness and our emotional intelligence and our conflict capacity and the other aspects of creating a healthy foundation that is capable of empowering you or positioning you to lead the challenges and the complexities of your conscious success. But it ain't it. That's not the way I came into it. The way I came into understanding emotions is by living through and in the toxic destructive side of it. Emotions were a big driver in my story in the story before my story, as they were and as they will always be in all of our stories. You see, for those of you who have listened to the podcast for some time now, you've probably heard me say that I'm on a mission to break the generational cycle of poverty, neglect, and fixed mindsets that have plagued our family for generations. A lot of what was embedded in my journey was the destructiveness and the toxicity of emotions that were never processed through a healthy filter that would allow the behaviors and the safety to be created in order for our story to evolve. Okay, let me put this more simply. I grew up in a household where my father was a drug addict. My mom suffered from depression and anxiety, amongst other things. A big part of our story was trying to figure out what to do with the immense amount of shame, guilt, anger, frustration, sadness, and pain that were a constant in our story. We didn't have the ability to attune to what was wrong. Everyone knew how to suppress, how to mask what was really going on underneath. And eventually it always came out in our behavior, whether it was destructive behavior or people pleasing or avoiding conflict altogether. 
or accommodating conflict, whatever it may have been and wherever it took us, it was never good. It was constantly suppressed and it was experiences that we had all had starting with my parents and their stories and pains and sadness and doubts and shames and guilts that they had that they never understood the emotional literacy, the language of how to communicate what was going on inside of them. The, the very question of, what are you feeling? Okay, let me say that again. Because the way in which I understand it now, having the emotional language means that we are able to understand and name the emotion And we can say right now, I'm feeling sad and I need some space. I need to go on a walk. And we are able to attune to ourselves and give ourselves that and be able to hold space to feel the sadness and be okay afterwards. So that is a constructive and typically healthy response to what is a human experience, which is our emotion. So that's the let's say the good end of the spectrum. They did, we did, everyone did growing up have a language. It was just not the right language. It was destructive. It was missing context. It was missing strategy that would fuel us in the right direction. And what would happen instead is we would act out our emotions. We would bottle things up and get upset with others and do things in retaliation or out of anger, out of shame, out of fear. And we would play small and we would feel the consequences of it. And we couldn't quite understand why nothing was changing, why our experience was continuously the same. It wasn't a safe environment for us growing up, for us to begin to explore what it feels like to release the tension, the aggression, the sadness of the experiences that created the emotions that we felt inside of us that felt so big and so scary that if we were to feel it, we would fall apart. We wouldn't make it. It would feel just as scary as we last remembered the experience. And so throughout my life, I got very curious especially as my story evolved and I dove deeper into my personal growth and that of which involves me being a mother and that in which involved me leading teams to understand the nuances and the complexities of how do you do this thing right? And so I set out to explore what that looked like for me. And in doing so, I started to rewrite the story and what it was going to look like for my family. And today I can say that emotions is something that I'm still working on understanding. It's so complex. There isn't an easy formula for it. But noticing them, 
And the reactions that we have is always the first step. Getting ourselves out of this autopilot mechanism and into a consciousness about how these emotions drive our fundamental experiences as humans. There are a few things that I've come to understand about the criticality of of emotions in creating our authentic story and being able to navigate the challenges that will undoubtedly come with evolving our stories. We have to understand our emotions and how they influence our experiences and how it is essential for our personal growth. So how can we understand our emotions and their impact on our experiences? What I want to do is dive into that a little bit deeper, give you one or two tidbits on how to challenge you to get curious about your emotions. Because look, at the end of the day, emotions are narratives. They're stories that we create. They're experiences that we have. We filtered it and then we gave it a meaning through that filter. And that meaning that we gave it is either going to propel us forward in our story, give flight to our story, or weigh it down. Because these feelings, they drive our behaviors. And many times we're not even aware that they're going on in the background because it's been music that's just played in the background for years and years that we don't even hear it anymore. And so taking ourselves out of autopilot and again, bringing ourselves into consciousness and noticing what is going on is the first step. So going back to my experience with emotions growing up, what I can tell you today that we couldn't do back then and that I can call it something, I can call it a one, two, three, is this. Most of us were not able to attune to what we were feeling and what was going on, what was wrong. We couldn't use the emotional vocabulary. We didn't have the emotional literacy to call the emotion by its name and to label it. We suppressed it. We numbed it until eventually it came out in our behaviors. We couldn't communicate or set boundaries. And when it came time to our ability to navigate conflict in a constructive way, well, it just didn't happen. It was mostly destructive. And so the first part of what I would give you as a tidbit is to understand what are emotions. So let's look at some of the definitions. Emotions, as it is said online by the science of emotion, and this is an article that was written on exploring the basics of emotional psychology. I'll post the link onto the podcast show notes. Emotions are often confused with feelings and moods, but the three terms are not interchangeable. According to the American Psychological Association, emotion is defined as a complex reaction pattern involving experiential behavior and physiological elements. Emotions are how individuals deal with matters or situations they find personally significant. Emotional experiences have three components, a subjective experience, meaning how you personally experience an experience. You and I could both go on a roller coaster and you could come out of it saying that you felt scared and I felt excited. They're subjective. A physiological response, so that is our heartbeat increasing, our cheeks 
flushing, our palms sweating, and also a behavioral or expressive response. Okay, so there's three components. They also say that in these three components, it's important to understand the six basic emotions that they have. And these six basic emotions are based on recognizable facial features that tend to happen automatically. There are so many more emotions that are complex that go beyond, let's just say, the surface level emotions here. But I encourage you to start with the basics. Sadness, happiness, fear, anger, surprise, and disgust. From here, we get into complex emotions. And complex emotions have different appearances. And they may not be as easily recognizable, such as grief, jealousy, or regret. Complex emotions are defined as any emotion that is an aggregate of two or more others. For example, hate is a fusion of fear, anger, and and disgust. Whereas basic emotions, on the other hand, are unmixed and innate. I encourage you to think about how these emotions show up for you. And starting off with the basic emotions, the list of the six basic emotions, when you feel sadness, what does sadness feel like for you? Where do you feel sadness? So again, when we go back to the psychologist, Professor James Gross, who discussed the four components of feeling an emotion, he said that an emotion involves a situation that you were in whatever is happening to you at that moment, and then the details that you pay attention to, your appraisal of what the situation means for you personally, and then your response, including the physical changes like blushing or shaking, and the behaviors that you may have that may include shouting or crying. So when you feel sadness, there's a situation that you're in, and there's something in particular that you're honing in, that you're focusing on, What is that? And then how do you appraise? How do you give meaning to that specific situation? And what do the responses usually look like for you? So how do you notice when sadness is coming in to your life and you are experiencing it? How do you attune to your body that lets you know, this is the physical reaction that I have when I feel sadness? And then do you have the emotional vocabulary And are you building that emotional literacy to have the conversation, a constructive conversation around what it is that you need because of what you're feeling? And can it feel safe for you to hold your sadness? Can you create space to hold your sadness and honor it and whatever experience you may have had from it? And then bring in the information to reframe it if it is something that you require to help you move forward in your story. Emotions have helped us as humans evolve and survive, but our emotions do drive us. Excitement, pleasure, anger, they're incredibly powerful. They're incredibly powerful stories and we're continuously telling them to ourselves It can make a difference in understanding our emotions in a constructive, healthy way, as opposed to a destructive, toxic way, and being able to create the space for us to take on the big aspects in our life when we want to play big and boldly and do things that bring up fear, doubt, and uncertainty. In this article, 
Ackman argues that emotions are fundamentally constructive. They are influenced by what is good for our species overall and what we learn during our upbringing. They guide our behavior in a way that should lead us to a positive outcome. However, emotions can become destructive if the emotions we've learned are the correct responses but no longer fit into our situation or if some conscious emotions cause reactions that we are unable to understand. Being in touch with our emotions and turning your understanding into action is called emotional awareness. Guys, this is where it starts. If you haven't, and if you have already, revisit this again, because I can't tell you how much of a wealth of knowledge and a game changer this has been for me. You cannot fully grasp emotional intelligence until you have grasped emotional awareness. There is a difference because emotional awareness starts with you and then emotional intelligence, you get to build it into not just yourself, but others and your ability to perceive and control and evaluate your emotions in different settings with different people and respond to them in a way that is constructive. When our emotions are controlling us, as opposed to us being the observer of our emotions and the one who gets to choose how we get to help our emotions move us forward, it makes a difference between giving flight to our story that we want to create or weighing it down. The truth of the matter is emotional experiences shape our lives from the things that bring us joy and happiness to the things that bring us pain and sorrow. It is important to understand, accept, and express our emotions, even the difficult ones, as a way to connect with others, to understand ourselves better, and to lead and live a meaningful and fulfilling life. Continue to explore what emotional literacy looks like for you and how you can use it to better understand and manage emotions, especially in times that you are feeling stress and uncertainty. Our ability to identify and understand our emotions is critical to our well-being and could lead to a better understanding of ourselves and others. For me, it was a game changer and being able to take the first steps to what it really means to break the generational cycle. I'm so excited for what this can mean for you as you continue to do the work to go in deeper into your authentic alignment. It's not easy work. As a matter of fact, doing it myself in the beginning was so confusing. It was even more confusing because I had so many learned behavioral patterns that had built over years and years about what I thought emotions look like and how they should play in my life. But as Brene Brown has said, if you want to be in the arena, if you want to be brave with your life, then we have to make the choice to dare greatly. We sign up to get our asses kicked. We can choose courage. Or we can choose comfort, but we can't have both, not at the same time. And if you're on the journey to make your 80-year-old self proud by engaging in all the awkward, uncomfortable, heart-beating, palm-sweating moments that serve your growth and challenge you 
to align to your authentic self, then your emotional literacy is the foundation of where you start to build upon every and any and all skills that will create a foundation for you to thrive. One last thing I want to say is that all emotions serve our growth. Fundamentally, there is the possibility for us to feel sadness and joy at the same time. And those two feelings being able to coexist. As we wrap up this conversation, I want to leave you with a fun fact. Did you know that emotions can last from less than a second to several minutes? Mm -hmm. Sad emotions tend to affect you for longer than positive ones. And also, emotions are the biggest motivator of human actions. And I mentioned earlier that there is a difference between feelings versus facts, and I want to touch on those very quickly. Emotions are a physiological response that we have in the body that we can feel. They're physical experiences rather than just strictly mental ones. And feelings are not physical. Instead, feelings are psychological, simply just mental reactions to an emotions. Okay, so as we come to an end of our conversation, I want to triple dog dare you to go back to the basics of what it means to understand our emotions and start by exploring emotional awareness. We all hear about self-awareness. Go after emotional awareness. Start there. To our listeners, the ball is in your court. I challenge you to take action Continue the difficult conversations that go beyond the surface level. And remember, the universe conspires to bring you joy, which is also an emotion. If you found even the smallest nugget of wisdom in this episode, share it with a friend and your friend will thank you. Let's continue the conversation with like-minded leaders and join us on Facebook at Go Flip the Script. Until next time, I challenge you to incorporate what you learned today to evolve your leadership impact.